East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. How do you not know our intro by now, woman? Because we changed it. We changed it! You should say that shit in the shower. We changed it! <laughs> you couldn't even say it off the top of your head. I know, exactly. I can't remember how it goes. Good day. <laughs> Good day, and welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm scared. We're three That's sisters lovely. from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Each week, Leslie will give her reaction to the true crime and paranormal stories that Lorraine and I tell from up and down the East Coast. <laughs> As a reminder, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all for informative purposes. <laughs> Oh my god, it's past her bedtime. Can we wrap this up, please? Okay. I say we probably have another hour and a half minimum from Linda. She it just go pretty quick. Okay, no, no, okay. Uh-huh. I hope so. Let me tell y'all <laughs> about two minutes ago. <laughs> and this is why I said I'm scared. My name is Leslie, by the way. If I told anybody knew, I know, but I don't think they heard you. <laughs> Uh-huh. I this hope they girl didn't hear me. Brought out a rosary. <laughs> and it was casually fixing it on the table for the past two minutes. <laughs> right before she started right before the intro. she said the intro. <laughs> and we asked her if it had anything to do with today's episode, and she has not said a damn thing. So she's just here's my reaction for this week's episode. I'm out. <laughs> Welcome to episode 70. 70. <laughs> hey. Hey. I don't know why we're doing that. Uh, it's an exciting moment. 69 was exciting. 70. Poof. La, 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 la. Also, it's a Linda episode, so we're going to see where this goes. Alrighty then. <laughs> Alrighty then. I love Ace Ventura. Jim Carrey. Same guy. I love him. Where are we going? Move it closer to you. Where are we going? Where are we going? Georgia. (laughs) Holy shit, no. (laughs) South? North. (laughs) Because if it was south, it'd just be Florida. But are you sure? The Bahamas. Yeah. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. On the East Coast? Yeah. Maybe. It's not on my map, though. It's not on the map. But you know what count. is on my map? <laughs> Virginia. Rate and review. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's a blank. Okay, it wasn't Virginia. Was it Virginia? Oh, no. Was that an I don't know or oh, no? I said, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with her. Connecticut. That was New York, though. Um, God, here goes another one. It's like 15 states. No, 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 no. I'm going to say no. What? How are you going to gonna say no? Atlantic Ocean. No. Where are we going? You going to guess again? Can I guess? Rhode Island. Nope. Vermont. New York. Vermont. Oh. That's you know, me. I thought of, I stared at that one for a very long time. You know where we haven't gone in a minute? New Hampshire. My main man. Maine? Mm-hmm. Mm. Get it? <laughs> my main man. Man. Oh, let, let's think very hard about that. I mean. Where is that? Main. <laughs> ah! It was already like loaded, so I, just, I had to shoot it. We're <laughs> 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 on you, girl. <laughs> Yo. I can't do this. It's not going. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. It's gonna be so bad. Do you know what you're talking about? 100%. Okay, then. Let's go. Let's do this. I literally, the last one, outlined my notes and just talked. It ain't even got that. Let's go. <laughs> Everyone, as one of my favorite villains says, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I'm just going to start this off with saying because I Don't know. Don't quote me. So, yes, I know so many people love this. Please do not quote me on any of this. I'm not 100% sure. 
there's going to be a whole bunch of I don't know, and everyone, I am sorry for butchering your name. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Let me scoot closer. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for this? I'm, uh, making, I'm making that uh, uh, emoji for our Discord. <laughs> don't quote me on this. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Oh, my God. Okay, so... <laughs> This all starts on October 24th, 1978. A nurse by the name of Kathy Milliken, she's 27 years old, and she also, I believe, works for a publishing company as a photographer. So she decides to go out to Chandler Brook Wetland in New England, New Hampshire. She's seen photography birds, uh, they believe, for this publishing company. Not 100% sure, but she is... Again, from what I understand, she does work for them. So she's out. She's photographing birds. People see her at this park. Is this another one of those ones that you're like working backwards in time? No, we're working forward. Okay. (laughs) If I get lost, then we'll work backwards. (laughs) But yeah, so they see her there. The next day, her body was found only feet away from where she was last seen. What the fuck? There were about 29 stab wounds to her <gasps> neck and abdomen. It was a woodpecker. What the heck? On July 25th, 1981, a lady by the name Mary Elizabeth Critchley, I'm sorry, so it's C-R-I-T-C-H-L-E-Y, she is 37 years old, and she was last seen hitchhiking from Boston to Waterbury, Vermont. She was leaving work and no, I don't know if she was leaving work, but she was hitchhiking. She was a student at the University of Vermont and a friend of hers had dropped her off by exit 13 on the Massachusetts Turnpike. That was the last time she was seen. Oh, Lord have mercy. On August 9th, 1981, Mary's body was found 80 miles away in a wooded area off of Unity Stage Road, Unity, New Hampshire. The cause of death was undetermined. I don't like it. On May 30th, 1984, okay, again, I'm really sorry, a Bernice, and I'm just going to spell her last name out, C-O-U-R-T-E-M-A-C-H-E. She was 17, and she decided to go visit her boyfriend. Now, Bernice was a nurse's aide, but she had decided to go see her boyfriend, and she left her home around 3.30 p.m., and some... Something said that, like, the last person to see her was her boyfriend's mom. So Mm -hmm. I believe that he lived out of state. But it never really said where he lived. It just said that she was going to go visit him. So she decided that she was going to hitchhike. Oh, I'm sorry. I have her right here. Newport. See, I told you. I guess I got that last minute, right? (laughs) Because everywhere else was like, um, yeah, no, she just left home. So she left her house around 3.30 And her house was in West Claremont, New Hampshire, and she was hitchhiking to Newport. Bernice actually never made it to her boyfriend's house. And when she didn't make it there the next day, parents called to see, like, what was going on because they didn't hear from her. Boyfriend was like, I don't know where she is. So they immediately filed a missing persons report. Good on them. July 22nd, 1984. Ellen Fried? Yeah. F-R-I-E-D. She stopped at a payphone at a place called Leo's Market after a shift. She was also a nurse, and she decided that she was going to call her sister just to talk to her before she made it home. During her phone call to her sister, she does mention that she sees a car that's driving past the market where she's at, like the parking lot that she's at, and it's making her feel real and easy because it's passed by a couple of times already. So she tells her sister, hey, can you stay on the phone? I'm going to, like, leave you on the call. I'm going to go start my car just to make sure that it starts because I don't feel, like, I I feel very uneasy about this. So his sister says, okay. Ellen goes, starts her car up, comes back, lets her sister know that, you know, car started, find everything. They talk for a few more minutes, and Ellen ends up hanging up. Next day, Ellen doesn't show up for work. Oh, no. I wonder if that car had something to do with it. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I would have given description, license plate. I'm, I, F- well, I, it's in the middle of the night. I should have. It, it was in the middle of the night, like because she's getting off a shift. It's the middle of the night, and so she stopped there. So she basically sees like a dark car and headlights constantly going past, like going past a couple of times. But she doesn't really like say anything more than that. Mm. 
So the next day, her car was found abandoned on Jarvis Road in Kellyville, just a few miles away from where the payphone was. We still haven't come up with a code word yet. Just saying. Oh, damn. Mm Mm-hmm. Continue. Oh, our daily code word? Yep. Okay. It ain't no Chiquita banana or pineapples. (laughs) This is depressing already. I'm sorry. We were, like, losing our minds <laughs> like five minutes ago and now we like oh shit we need coffee. on july 10th 1985 eva morse which is a 27 year old single mother i don't know how many kids she has i believe she had two now that i think about it from something that i read today i think she had two kids she was she was also hitchhiking after heading home from work She was last seen near the border of Claremont and Charleston, New Hampshire. And she actually never makes it home either. And she was also reported missing immediately. Uh, This is where things get a little hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Linda, you always hairy. (gasps) Oh, that's not nice. So then, April of 1986... A fisherman ends up stumbling upon the remains of Bernice, and they said that after an autopsy report, I don't know if that's what they called it, but anyways. So she was found like two years later. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after looking at her remains, whatever, yeah. An autopsy. Um, You're right. Is it an autopsy if there's no skin? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. No. End it now. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) That's okay. There was one. Okay, y'all. So there was one episode where like Lydia was, it was um, (sighs) Irish guy, our drinker. Ah, yes. And Linda like says something in the background Yo, I fucking singled out her line, <laughs> turned up the volume, and listened to it five times to figure out what she... Why does bitch ask if they had Arby's? Are you sure? Yes. Arby's or RVs? Arby's. <laughs> what? We were talking about food. Oh, shit. About the sandwiches and shit. And we were talking about something about seafood. I can't believe you heard that. And she said, did they have army? And she's like, never mind. And then she got real quiet. You actually said that? You remember that? Oh, my God. (laughs) And she put, damn. And Leslie's son put on my notepad, he put, we got, we have the meats. (laughs) Because he saw it today on my laptop. (laughs) But anyway... Yeah, after examining her remains, they found knife wounds to her neck and an injury to her skull. And so what one of the podcasts had asked from that I had listened to, which, yes, it will be in the references, was, was it, I guess, not a stabbing? Like, it must have been like something hit her over the head or something like that. And that's why it's considered a like injury to the skull versus a stabbing to the skull does that make sense yeah uh yes yeah so that's what they were saying like is this was it was something else used at that point like blunt force trauma or something like that but they just said injury to skull (laughs) (laughs) so instead of doing a timeline travesties episode on this i am going to read to you real quick what is done at an autopsy A complete uh, autopsy is defined to include a detailed external examination of the entire body and an internal examination to include the removal and dissection of thoraco-abdominal and neck organs, opening the head with the removal and examination of the brain. But it also doesn't have to be like the full body because it says it is also defined as an examination of the body after after death to determine the cause of death or the character and extent of changes of disease if cause of death. I still feel like there's skin there. Mm, no. Because then, like, the Oxford Dictionary definition is a post-mortem examination to discover the cause of death. So, hmm. yeah. I don't trust you. 
as a verb to perform postmortem examination on a body or an organ because you can autopsy just the brain. But those are tissues. All you're saying is tissue. So like you're just doing the body. Like if you have like bone cancer, you have to open the bone to see the extent of the bone cancer. It's your cause of death. Anyways. Broken bones, cause of death. Your rib punctured your lung. Yeah. Cause of death. No. It's the autopsy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing an episode now. I'm going to tell you. You're wrong. (laughs) This isn't like what gang was he in. (laughs) This is a definition, Linda. (laughs) Shit. You got me all messed up now. (laughs) Her body was found two years later. Who was I talking about? Bernice. Bernice. Hmm. Where did this come from? Who is this? Oh. Hmm. See, I told you. Yo, where did I go from here? Did I not write that down? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, no, because I was wondering. But uh, so it says that, yeah, no. So she didn't show up to work or anything like that. But on September 1984, Fried's remains were found in a wooded area near a the banks of Sugar River in Kellyville, and her post-mortem report said that it was multiple stab wounds and probable sexual assault. So that was, that obviously happened before Morse. Did I talk about her yet? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because she was, she was reported missing. Shut up. No, 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 because you said before Morris, and I thought you were trying to say, like, Oh, my God. Post-mortem. Oh, my God. So I'm over here like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Linda. my God. Okay, let's get this. <laughs> Who the hell? <laughs> Who let me write? <laughs> you let yourself write. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So. You need numbers Eva, Eva Morris. Eva, huh? So you need numbers next to your notes. You just like one and then cross them off as you're doing them. And then you can flip through your pages. Well, no, because see, I was trying to type them out. So that way it was at least chronological. But I only got halfway through. So that's why I knew it was going to be fucked up. (laughs) 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 Okay. So even worse goes missing, right? Her body ends up being found April 25th, 1986. 500 feet away from where hold on no 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 we got this guys (laughs) what's her first name did i say her bernice no you said bernice ava mary mary elizabeth that's why because i can't print crit 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 (laughs) you can't say her last name i can't say her last name but the 37 yeah mary mary elizabeth it was found to be 500 yeah so Eva was found 500 feet away from where Mary Elizabeth's body was found. Oh. The postmortem evidence was the postmortem sheet. 500 feet. 500 feet. The postmortem evidence showed knife wounds to the neck. Oh, no. So then May 15th, 1986. A 36-year-old woman by the name of Linda Moore was seen out front doing yard work at her home at Saxton's River, Vermont. Neighbors had seen her earlier in the day, so she was basically just hanging out at home while her husband was at work. Her husband comes home from work around 4 p.m., and he finds Linda dead in the living room, (gasps) lying in a pool of blood. Police were immediately called, and it was noted that she had suffered from multiple stab wounds between 40 and 45. What? Jeez. Uh, Further and Someone is angry. I wasn't going to say that. This is some personal shit, but obviously it's not because... But it is. But anyway... Further investigation of the scene showed that Linda did not go quietly and that there had actually been a horrible struggle. So the way that the blood was and everything and the way that the stab wounds were, it showed that there was a lot of self-defense. Yeah, she was trying to fight. Yeah, she was 100% fighting back. All I got to say is claw the shit out of someone's anything. Get some skin under your nails. Yes. DNA. Well, the worst part about this is that... Okay, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. 
going around canvassing the neighborhood and all that stuff. Detectives interviewed the neighbors, and a few of the neighbors had said that they had noticed someone lingering around her home the day of the murder. The description they gave was a young man Mm. between 20 and 25 with a round face and glasses and dark hair. That he was kind of stocky looking. Like, wait, we haven't even gotten to his name yet, have we? Nope. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like, did I forget his name? Yeah. Some neighbors also said that he had a blue backpack. He was clean shaven and had dark rimmed glasses. With that, in 1987, they had ended up having a, or a composite sketch ended up being released mm-hmm. from the information Did that actually was given. Like we'll get there. Oh. Okay, then. Oh, my God. So, January 10th, 1987. 1987. <laughs> Barbara Agnew, who was 38, was driving home from a skiing trip in Stratton, 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 Vermont. She she went out on a skiing trip with friends. She ends up leaving by herself. I can't remember how long they said the drive was going to be, but she wanted to make it there by next morning. So I think they said she was trying to drive through the night. Mm-hmm. That day that she left, there was a really bad snowstorm. And so the next day, a snowplow driver had found her car, which was a green BMW, at a rest stop. When he... I thought he ran over her body. Yeah, I know. I I thought he was going to, like, plow her car off the road or something. Yeah. But that day that he found the car, he went to go look at it and saw that the door was, like, cracked open. And when he looked into the car, I don't know if he just like looked in through the window but he did notice blood on the steering wheel so then you know he ended up calling police whatever and they went to go investigate but then on march 28th 1987 barbara's body was actually found stabbed to death 10 miles from her home she was still wearing her ski bibs and had her ski ticket with her the storm had been so bad that it had actually preserved her body the site Mm-hmm. And that there was still a pool of blood around her body. So it was a dark pool of blood around her body. Just frozen there. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, no. That's the end of my iPad. Now we can move into the messy papers. <laughs> oh, we're going to hear. <laughs> her sister was able to identify her body by the jewelry that she was found wearing mm-hmm. when they got her body. So then. You'll be able to find me by my ring. FYI. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, I don't know about me. So <laughs> Barbara was also a nurse. Just gonna. Are all these ladies been nurses? Just gonna keep yeah. that in mind. Medically. The last one I remember was a, a, a nursing assistant. So GNA. The first one was a bird photographer. Oh, she was fuck. a nurse. Yeah, she was. Oh, she she was? was a nurse and yeah. she did photography on the side. She oh, was that a was freelance photographer. Gig. Yeah. Oh. And then there was I another one. Yeah, there was another one who was a nurse's aide. There was, and then Hello, there's two more after that. <laughs> nurse. Yeah, there's yeah, two more after that who were nurses. So it's this one, and then. Touch the subject, Jesus. No, 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 no. I was just saying. I don't know if that was the right thing to say when <laughs> nurses are dying. Oh my god. <laughs> so then, April sixth, nineteen eighty-eight. There is a lady by the name of Jane Borowski. She is seven months pregnant. She oh, ends up fuck. going to a county fair, and she has been there all day, and she is driving home, and the fair, I believe, was in Winchester, New Hampshire. She gets thirsty along her ride home, and she decides to stop at a vending machine. Or, Well, she decides to stop at, like, I guess a gas station or something, but it's closed for the night because it's later on in the night. So she decides to go to the vending machine and get a soda. She then notices a car pulls up next to her car the guy gets out and comes to the side of her the driver's side and says does the payphone work before she even has a chance to answer he is ripping her out of the car and he starts saying things to her you you assaulted my girlfriend and she's like what are you talking about and he was like are these vermont plates or like or no do you have does your car have massachusetts plates and she's like no they're new hampshire 
he was like, you assaulted my girlfriend. She was like, I don't know who your girlfriend is. And he was like, no, you assaulted my girlfriend. Like, he's not getting hysterical, but he just keeps saying you assaulted my girlfriend. And so then he starts stabbing her. <gasps> he starts attacking her. And she tries, she breaks free. She tries to run for it. And he ends up tackling her and starts stabbing her again. And so she starts fighting him. And she's trying to protect herself, trying to protect her baby. And he is just going at it. At one point, she finally, like, she's trying to protect herself, protect her baby, everything like that. And she's finally like, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. Like, I'm done. Like, I I have no more fight in me. So then she just gives up. As soon as she gives up. He just walks away. He gets up and walks away. He gets into his car. She watches him leave. And she plays dead while he's driving by because he's slowly driving by and she can see him watching her. And when he thinks he's dead, he takes she's dead. He takes off. She crawls herself back to her car, gets into her car and starts speeding down the road. What the f- As she's speeding down the road, she realizes the car in front of her is the guy that is the just- guy who attacked her. So she is now panicking. Okay. She ends up getting to her friend's house. He follows her, even though he's in front of her. He's basically watching where she's turning and stuff like that. He follows her to her friend's house. She is able to get the attention of her friends. They come to her aid. They call the police and everything. When she is uh, taken to the hospital, she actually has a cut jugular. (gasps) Jesus Christ, and she's alive? Okay. She has 23 to 27 stab wounds. She has collapsed lungs, kidney laceration, a severed tendon in her knee and in her thumb. Oh, fuck. My whole body is hurting now. When they, her friends come to her aid, it is said that he actually sat outside of the house and watched them for a little bit before leaving. Are you fucking kidding me? And nobody no. got the, li- she didn't get the license plate or nothing? He didn't have any. Her and her baby survived. Yay. No, like they're. To yeah, this, no, no, yeah. No, no. good for them. So there were no leads whatsoever. They oh, didn't like shit. they brought in a criminal profiler and there was like a whole bunch of stuff. But they said that from the way that this guy is, the way that he attacks, because he knives all he knife he he stabbed her, knifed her down. <laughs> he stabbed her. So he believes because it's so personal and everything that possibly military background but by this point that's when they start thinking they find all these different bodies and i think it took until this point for them to realize that it was all connected it's a serial killer mm-hmm. at that they had no idea so then they start i don't even think it's them but they see like pattern yes mo jane ends up going under hypnosis and gives a partial plate and color and the color and make of the car and it ends up being because the license plate, they she gave a partial license plate, which was like 662. She ends up giving the color of the car, the well, the I think it, she said like a green color. It's a Jeep Wagoneer. She remembers that <sighs> while she's under hypnosis. And I think they said that by the time they had looked up everything, it ended up hitting about 1,200 cars. But they were eventually like over time able to bring it down to 300 in the area Mm -hmm. so it's still like it's a lot but it's better than what they started out with nothing yeah god yeah damn or 350 yeah that was the last attack that they know of there are four others which i didn't write them down they don't um, know if they're, they're related because they don't know if they're related. So they have all of that, and nothing ends up being found. Nothing not, at this point, like they, it just goes cold. So in 1991, apparently, an Idaho police officer sees the composite and calls into the tip line, but people aren't sure, or at least I guess he said that he's not sure if anything ever came of it, if there was anything going on, but he said that it looked familiar to him. So there are some suspects, which what the with the with with the what the hell are they called? What did I say that it was called? The Ohio the profiler with oh. the with the way that the profiler profiler said that it's a person who 
Round face, dark hair. No, that no. that's that's the oh, physical so features. The, okay. But no, the yeah, profiler yeah, yeah. said that the person had sorry, I was thinking the wrong thing. a bad relationship <laughs> with his father. Uh, that the person was meticulous. The person was able to plan these things. Ha- definitely surveyed the area. Mm-hmm. They're not a hundred percent sure if he had a preference, but definitely showed that he went after caregivers because the people were either mothers or they were nurses. Yeah, they also had a background in the army, possibly or any branch of that right. military. Yeah. There are a few different people, again, but one person was Michael Nicolau. He was a former Army pilot, and he was a very aggressive one at that. It was actually said that while he was in the Army, he was known to leave post with just a knife and said that he was going human hunting while he was overseas and would just take off and then come back. And that he, I think he was like in a helicopter and he would just land, leave the people in the helicopter, take off, go do whatever he wanted to do, and then come back and leave. And that he was actually dishonorably discharged with other people for doing, doing this while, yeah, yeah, while during war. Oh. There was a time, well, he, he was married, okay? His first wife had mysteriously disappeared. Oh. And... He had a son with him, or he had a son with her. So her name was Michelle Ashley. Uh, He had a son with her, and she had a child from a previous relationship. And I think she told her mom, like, if anything happens to me, he did it, and you need to find the kids. So then she goes missing, and Michelle's mom ends up hiring a private investigator. When she finally finds Michael, Michael's like, I don't know who she is. What are you talking about? What I don't the know who fuck that is? So then the PI is like, no, like this, this, and this, blah, 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 blah. He goes, oh yeah, no, she's a whore. Like she, she dipped out with some other dude. Like yeah, no, the kids are great, but like she's a horrible human being. Like starts saying all sorts of bad stuff about oh, his shit. missing wife. Like says, like doesn't have any remorse whatsoever. Uh, says that she ran off with a drug dealer, but that the private investigator was able to talk to the son, and the son was sitting there telling. The PI, like how bad it, I, but like how basically how bad it was in the home. Like right. how like, abusive it yeah. was. I don't know necessarily abusive, but he just said like the discomfort that there was there. I I could assume abusive. His dad had already found, had like another wife at that point. Sam. So, yeah, he like seriously dipped out. I can't even remember what state it was. But then Michael ends up, I don't know, divorcing. Because I couldn't find really what it said about the second wife. But I do know he ended up getting married a third time to Eileen Nicolau. And she had a daughter named Taryn. And there was a lot of issues going on within that relationship as well. On December of 2005, Michael actually breaks Eileen's shoulder. And she takes off with her daughter and hides at her sister's house in Florida. Jesus Christ. What the okay. fuck? So she had already, like, been trying to do whatever, but he was just really violent. So then on December 31st of 2005, he ends up finding out where they are and shows up with a whole arsenal of guns. Wow. Okay. The sister is outside of the house and ends up calling the cops, and she's waiting for the cops in her driveway. And so the cops get there. She lets them know. Cops try to force their way in. He shows up at the front door, like, in the hallway with a fucking gun pointed at them. So they, they like, get out, and they're trying to get the sister, Eileen's sister. So her name's Audrey. They're trying to get Audrey out of the way. They take her around the corner of the street, and that's when they heard three gunshots. When they finally end up making it into the house. He killed them. Uh, he killed his wife, the stepdaughter, and himself. Damn. <sighs> yeah, so... But this wasn't the guy that they don't did know. all the murders. Oh, Jesus. Because they never got to investigate him. But then the private investigator sees... I, I forget what happened, but the private investigator ends up getting wind of, like, this happening and then the murders and sees that a lot of it coincides with, like, where he was living at the time, his life and the things that was going through in his life. Mm-hmm. And so... She starts going back even more and realizing that, like, this could actually be him. But because he's gone, they can't 
really do anything about it. It says that Moore has two kids up here. Just letting you know, because I wrote it on the wrong page. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where she is in my paper. She's up there. So then, backtracking a okay. little bit, on October 1997, see, I told you we'd be backtracking too. There is a guy by the name of Gary Westover, and I believe it said that he is a paraplegic, and he ends up telling his uncle, who is a retired police officer, well, he ends up telling his uncle while Gary is on his deathbed, or like at least before he ends up passing, that him and some friends had abducted and assaulted Barbara Agnew. He tell, he recounts the whole thing to his uncle, how they had lured her in, that they had used him as bait, that she went to go help him, then they abducted her, they assaulted her, and they left her for dead. The uncle takes down the names of the three other people that were... Accomplices. Yeah, to the whole situation and he ends up turning it over to authorities and basically the police don't believe him from what i read would we be surprised Um, no that being said so he turns it over to authorities he's not a hundred percent sure if anything ever happens and then gary the one who gave the confession ends up dying in march of 98 So then all of this with Michael Nicolau had happened, okay? They put the pieces together with Michael, correct? Mm -hmm. They believe that he's the serial killer. That happens in 2005. The uncle ends up seeing articles and, like, news stuff uh, while he's being hospitalized in 2006, and he brings it up to his family. He's like, look, I was telling officers about this back when and now they're trying to get somebody else for what my nephew did yeah like this is what i've been talking to them about this whole time and nobody believed me so then he's sitting there saying all of this stuff and i think the family ends up bringing it up again to law enforcement or telling him that he needs to bring it up again to law enforcement but by this point because that when he was told about it was in 97 and this is now 2006 he says that he no longer has the names of the people that you should have wrote that shit down. He wrote it down. But that's what I'm saying. He lost anymore. the paper. Uh-uh, so he doesn't have it anymore. Wallet. Taped. So it's like fake laminated. So then the uncle ends up saying that he, there was a New Hampshire state police officer and a Vermont state police officer that had come to the house and actually uh, talked with him back in 97 and they both took the names but when the officers were asked about it in 2006 they wouldn't give any comments <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate people obstruction so, of justice yeah so then Howard Minnan when which is the uncle of Gary Westover he ends up passing away in 2006 wow people slow clap for assholes who don't want to talk because you're all like i didn't do my job then so i don't want to get in trouble now so i'm gonna just no comment right i I fucking hate people (laughs) so then there is another gentleman by the name of delbert tallman so d-e-l-b-e-r-t and then tall man he ended up confessing to killing a girl named heidi martin and this was not in the list of names but that's because he confessed to it and he later retracted his statement. Oh, um, God. They aren't really sure if this is related just because of the fact that he did confess, but the way that she had passed was in a similar style. She would have been the youngest victim being 16 years old, but Delbert was actually tried and not and found not guilty. And I think they said that he was acquitted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they said that they're not, they don't believe that it was him because at the time of all the murders, he would have been 16 when they started and 23 at the last one. And with people, with having eyewitnesses, they said that the person was between 20 and 25. So the age range really didn't like coincide. But just because you're, but he could have been a big ass kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the, she, again, she would have been the youngest victim being at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So she actually ends up going for a jog. So Heidi goes for a jog on May 20th, 1984. And the next day, her body was found a mile away from where, oh, God, Martin, 
who was Martin. But one of the other ladies uh, was actually discovered. <sighs> yeah. So with all of that being said, I thought Bernice's no, last name was something. No, Bernice was found in the fisherman. Yeah. Court me. But yeah, so her body was actually found a mile away from where another body had been discovered. So at this point, they're not 100% sure who it is. So all of them are actually unsolved. They don't even know if this person's still out there. They don't know if it was Michael Nicolau. They don't know if it was Gary, Gary. Westover. <laughs> they don't know if it was Delbert Tallman. There's so much speculation. And like I said, there's actually four other murders. And one of them's a guy. But so, did all of these men have that car at one point? I know that Michael Nicolau did. That he actually had the car. And I believe they said got rid of it not too long after that incident. The, the last the incident. Last yeah. After the, the survivor. She, the survivor. Yeah. That she ended up like that. He ended up getting rid of it. They like he he is their best fit mm-hmm. with everything because he has the military background. He's very aggressive. He's he, psychotic. When he was in the military, he used to go yeah. human hunting and stab people for fun, essentially. He wasn't stabbing them. I'm pretty sure he was killing them. He stabbed them with a knife. He yeah. wasn't going around shooting them with a gun. <gasps> Understanding. Capiching. This man is friggin'. Um, but again, they don't even know if it was him. So it's just like it's an open case. Because they don't know who who did it. And so this person is called the Connecticut River Valley serial killer. You're welcome. So Connecticut River, River Valley, Valley he could serial possibly killer. This. Yes. Well, so does she have I'm the composite sketch? I do have the composite sketch. Thank you very much. Let's get it. <sighs> I hate unsolved things. <laughs> because now I'm just over here like boiling. <sighs> Connecticut River Valley. Like I said, there's definitely probably a lot more that I'm just not getting. Oh, wait, but here's Michael Nicolau. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is a composite sketch. Hmm. I'm calling it him. Oh, but- that's what it was. So the PI ends up seeing a picture of him, goes over to... What was the girl's name? It's over there on my paper. And says, hey, you think this is him? And she's like, yes, that's him. Like well, she, she, she said that she one hundred percent believed that it was him. That it looked like him. She remembers it vividly. Like she was looking like this at him. Like, I mean, and uh, and uh, so, like you said, the Jane one Borowski. You said the one chick like put up a fight, right? The the Linda wife. Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like. And see, did that's they the not get any DNA from under her nails or whatever? They didn't. From what every, from what literally podcasts I've been listening to, and things I've been reading, and documentaries I've been watching, there is no DNA evidence that is out there. But because these are unsolved, they are still open cases and there's only so much information that they are allowed Allowed to to give yeah so we don't know and then it's like the pregnant lady fucking fought back but again they probably did but again we don't know because it's open it's an open case active Eh. case active not allowed to know this is why i took my rosary out no comment. Okay. I'm a no comment, no you guys. Comment. This is going to piss me off. Ooh, congratulations. Ooh. Why don't you go somewhere and figure it out? Because he's dead. He killed himself and his wife and his stepdad. What if it wasn't him? A, a thousand percent. <laughs> Vermont, New Hampshire. Okay, probably anywhere by now. But uh, No. I don't know. You said this woman went from was hiking from Boston to Vermont, and I'm like, huh? Hitchhiking. 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 Oh, hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. You just did not say hitchhiking. Yes, she did. You did? They were all hitchhiking, yeah. And oh. that was the similarity. All I heard was hiking. And I'm like, who the fuck wants to walk from Boston to Vermont? Linda. <laughs> even though she's over here last week complaining even... about prisoners walking from Gettysburg to Delaware, talking about her feet. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was like last week. No, what? I was talking about that was her talking about their feet. Leslie said that her feet were hurting her just thinking about it. I said that is a very treacherous horse ride. Yeah, and then I said something about they they would have to walk that whole way and you're like <gasps> Yeah, both of us kind of were like, "Oh god." Yeah. But it was the realization that they would actually be walking. Yeah. Or being dragged. Yes, but these are all, the, it said that they were all, like, in close proximity to I-19. Uh, uh, yeah. I so can't. It's just, it's just very unfortunate. He's, uh, it was him, I'm telling you. I already know. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> it's in my bones. And then this is another picture of Michael Nicolau. And then this is the composite sketch from Jane Borowski. That's what I'm saying. Your dude ain't look shit like him, but it doesn't matter. He's got the nose. That's about it. I'm not going to lie. The sketch kind of looks like Michael Myers. Like horror movie. Yeah. Speaking of, we should go pull you dead by daylight. Here's the profile. Calculated attacks, attention to detail, and routine would suggest the killer is a collector. Outburst of rage. Most significant relationship is with his mother. Uh, His father was abusive or absent. His violence shows that he could be recreating an early experience. History of voyeurism. Reliant Mm. on his car and spent a lot of hours on the road and driving was a form of self-hypnosis. Hmm. Okay. Did he have any collections? No, no comment. Shut up. <laughs> I can't stand her sometimes. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I can't stand you all the time. That's fine. <laughs> Go have a poopy party with my husband. He'll probably tell you the same. He I'm going would... home. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm it says that Nicolau had military training and owned a collection of war mementos. Bam! What did I say? In my bones. They over oh here my God. shaking like a Maybe fast. I made up the whole color green thing. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, Jesus. But it was a night. I'm like, green Jeep. But no, it was it was a Jeep. It was a Jeep Wagoneer. It says to have wood panels. She said that it had wood panels on the side and it was like a 1975 to 1985. Yo, let me just tell you now. Travesty (laughs) wood panels. That's what they were. Travesty. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that it was green, though. I'm just saying. I mean, a Wagoneer during that time was probably green. I'm going to say yes. Wood panels. Horrible. Maybe it came to me in a dream. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to sleep and figure it out. Oh, no. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, well, while you're at it, tell us who did it, okay? I'm telling you, it was him. Crazy. Crazy. (laughs) Huh. Just all that shenanigans. And then he... (sighs) I can't. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. For giving me acid reflux. That's how worked up I am. Oh, jeez. It's coming up. I'm angry yeah because it was him <sighs> and then like what if his fucking name was on the list that the old guy lost and then everyone else is like no comment so, like what the fuck i feel like no, somewhere i read that they actually had the list of names but i was like this is a lie because he said he lost it so then i didn't write the names down because but what if his name lie. was on like the dude's list of friends Maybe so. How did he live in the area? Uh, I gotta look at him. Jesus, God. I told you it was insufficient. (laughs) And I mean, like, how did this kid even... Was he born born paralyzed? Did he become paralyzed militarily? He was uh, paralyzed when he abducted the... Abducted... abducted the woman yes but barbara agnew how did it happen was he born a paraplegic i didn't ask him that (laughs) (laughs) what was his name gary westover gary westover (sighs) oh my land (laughs) 
Okay, so our missing person today is Ralph Jean Marie. Uh, this was actually Monday, April 13th of 2020. A 38-year-old male from Bear, Vermont. Bar, Vermont. I am really sorry, Vermont. B-A-R-R-E, Vermont. Bar, Bar Vermont. Uh, on April 15th, 2020, the Bar City Police Department received a complaint that Ralph Jean Marie, also known as Riz, had been missing since about 1 a.m. April 13th, 2020. We did this already. Oh, I'm sorry, Jean. He's the one that has like, he's super cute. And apparently it was like a fight with his boyfriend and it's a foul play is suspected. Mm, yep. <laughs> okay. Crystal Bailey, it is on you. Ha! <laughs> uh, this is from February 25th, 2017. Uh, if you are back home safely, thank God. Oh, it says unsolved. Sorry. Come home. Go home. A 29-year-old female, Plainfield, Vermont. On February 25th, 2017, the Vermont State Police responded to a single vehicle crash on Brook Road near Cameron Road in Plainfield, Vermont. When rescue personnel arrived on the scene, they observed the operator and passenger, Crystal Bailey, walking away from the scene. The driver was located a short time later at the bank of the Lower Great Brook after having gone into the water. It believed that Bailey may have gone into the brook as well. Extensive searches. We've of done area- this one. When? I, we've done I did that one I did both of them well then I don't have missing people because clearly she's just gonna keep doing them I'm serious we I've done both of them Vermont thank god you don't have that many missing people congratulations but yeah because I remember that one because like we were like talking about afterwards like it was crazy because how she just gonna get up out of her car and poof and there was, like, nothing there. How is there nothing there I, when they literally found the other person? No, no, no. Like, as far as her. Like, here, I'll show you the PDF. Not the PDF. The Excel. Whatever. We we did that one. I ain't looking at it. <laughs> Thank you for coming to episode 70. I gotta go. I gotta go to sleep. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. She wanted to football. Uh, uh, you didn't even do your sign-off thing. You wrote it um, on the damn thing. God damn it. Hey, so uh, we have at ECC the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, oh my and Patreon. Uh, come visit us on our website, eccthepodcast.com, and rate and review. Look how cute. <laughs> now that I got it written down on this thing, I think we literally have to write you a script. No, no, that was good. That was good. I got it. It's all written right here. I posted it on my Snapchat people, so that way anybody who's on my Snapchat can see it because uh, that's it. That's all I was getting. All ten of you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC the Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!